Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby Cat. Hello everybody and welcome to a breaking news episode, second of the day for the Rams Review Podcast. I mean... Obviously, we did a podcast record earlier today. We haven't released it as of yet um, about the takeover news, which I'm sure we may well mention as we've got a a new guest on the podcast. We may well have to mention that. But the news, after all the highs, 45 minutes later, probably an expected one, but a bit of a bombshell at the same time. Wayne Rooney has decided that he no longer wants to carry on as manager of Derby County. Uh, joining me, as always, Corey and, and Jack from earlier on. And uh, a, a debutant on the podcast, not a debutant to podcasting. I know that because I've listened to him uh, along with Ollie, Chris Smith. Chris, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for the invite. So, as I say, I mean, it, it's the news is probably what 30 30 40 minutes old now and it's still it's still settling in a little bit I'll I'll come to Chris first we'll we'll get your take on it first Chris as I said there in that opening piece was it is it really a surprise that he's that he's gone but is it more the fact that it's four days before the start of pre-season or whatever it is that's probably come as the, the bigger kicker here yeah, I think I, I think that's it. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a surprise that he's gone. Um, I mean, you can look at that one of two ways. You know, I mean, he, any other any other manager would have left hundred times over at some point in the storm of the last uh, six months. But yeah, the, the, the timing is odd to say the least, isn't it? And I think it's pretty, you know, it's pretty well known. He was kind of all in on this Kirchner bid with his agent and. Gary Cook and what have you. So I could even have seen him sort of quitting when that sort of fell by the by. But again, like, as you say, the two things on the day that it, it finally looks like things are moving forward on the, um, you know, the takeover and the ownership and we're getting, a, you know, we can just see a bit of blue water, albeit still in the distance. We can, we can definitely see a bit of blue water. And, uh, and as you say, you know, pre-season on Monday, players out of contract, a lot of players fiercely loyal to him, obviously, He's a big pull. I've no doubt he's been having conversations because he certainly thought the Kirchner thing was going through, didn't he? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not it's, it's just a bit odd. I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm gutted. I don't know what you guys feel, but I'm not, I'm not sitting here upset. I mean, I say I've already tweeted a couple of times, you know, he, he could have left a million times over. He definitely, definitely gave us a significant amount of good times in an absolute, you know, um, storm of whatever last season was, and uh, you know, and um, so I don't begrudge the guy. And you know, if he moves on to bigger and better things and a more stable environment, happy days. He's definitely got some skills, and you know, and maybe what he said I, I, again, his statement was a bit odd, even wasn't it? You know, we're just say, oh, the timing's right to Derby to have some new energy, I and mean, it's just, I don't know. I, th- I think there's probably a few things under there that we don't know, but. What I would say is that I don't, you know, in summary, I guess I've got a better guy, no ill feeling whatsoever. You know, he's been a hero for us over the last uh, the last year or so. You know, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and yeah, the time is a bit odd. But what I do know, I don't 
you know, I don't claim to know his weekly wage, but I think we can all safely assume that, you know, you can get a significant amount of League One standard free transfers for whatever we're, you know, we're paying him. So, uh, so yeah, you know, bombshell, it's Derby way, isn't it? In, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, there's no dark without light and no light without dark with Derby world, is there? So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's just sit back and, uh, you know, maybe we'll be on in another hour talking about somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Chris, there, you, you, you've hit on two cracking points that, I'll, I'll, mm. I'll bring in on the others there, <clears throat> Corey. The timing of it, like like Chris has said, he's Rooney's gone through so much. It almost feels now that it does feel a little bit of a slap in the face in some respects because he could have walked at any other point over the last twelve to eighteen months, and would have waved him off. Would have probably carried him out the city, you know, as a as a joyous fan base. For the dust to settle over the Kirchner deal, I think, Chris, I think you bang on. He was all in on that. Something's clearly not been going on. We'll move on to it in a little bit. We know the Rossini links with Blackpool. Sky bet had him at ridiculous odds, and then all of a sudden he turns it down. be interesting to see what kind of a conversation has been going on behind the scenes there, and if, if Rossini knows anything. And uh, I'll I'll get us all to chuck out a managerial expectation uh, for for the next appointment later, but... The dust has settled on the Kirchner bid, Corey. It's been seven seven to ten days. It does feel it do you do you have anything do you think that there's anything linked, obviously, with David Clowers just coming in over what we Rooney might know a lot more than what we know, but from a media perspective, this name's been linked for 24, 48 hours. And all of a sudden now, and like Chris said, that statement was a little bit a little bit odd from Wayne. Do you think that there's probably been discussions with with a potential new ownership and it with the Kirchner thing as well? And it's just not what he wants anymore. He, he's decided to walk probably at the at the not at the easiest opportunity that he could have walked. It's probably you know it would have looked to fans easier to have done it any any point over the last twelve months and not left it till four days before pre season. Yeah, I agree with you, Jason. And Chris used the, Chris used an interesting word there. He said he's not he's not gutted, and I and I would agree with you, Chris. I think. I wouldn't say I'm particularly gutted anyway, because I know when Rooney first got the job that first half season, right after Philip Kaku got sacked, like we were, we were trash. We were God awful. Like we sucked and we were very lucky to, to survive that season. But then last season, like he actually showed that, yeah, there might be actual decent manager in here. And he did a heck of a lot of good stuff for this football club. Like that can't be denied. And I think the thing that guts me, the reason I feel a bit deflated right now is the timing of it because we knew he was all in on the Kirchner deal. He said he was all in on the Kirchner deal. Stretford was going to be installed. Paul Cook was going to be involved. Everybody was, you know, linking arms around the center circle at Pride Park, you know, singing Red, right? Or whatever that, that saying is, right? They're all jumping around, hop, skipping a jump. Kirchner falls out and you feel like, okay, maybe Wayne could go. We knew that we had heard that he was at going, he had turned down an approach for Blackburn. You know, he'd said the right things. I want to rebuild this football club. I want to bring in the right players. I want to build it into my thing. And I think that he would have had an opportunity to do that. I mean, he stuck through the team. He stuck through this. He's he stuck through, like you said, Chris, there was a million other ways he could have left this football club at any other time since he got here and would have been lauded for it. Like, yeah, no problem, Wayne. I'm better. I know that you're fed up with taking this crap. Like, please, you know, with our best wishes, you go on. On we thank you so much for your service, but I think to do it now, like it's really weird. Um, it's what six six thirty yeah. at night for you guys. 
Uh, It's 6.30 on a Friday night. The players return to preseason training on a Monday, and all of a sudden, Wayne Rooney at 6 p.m. is like, peace out. I'm out. You know, see you guys later. Like, it just seems really odd timing. He could have done it immediately after Kirchner pulled out. He didn't. So you kind of feel like, well, Wayne's not kind of pulled out. And I'll say about this the other day, I was like, oh, I wonder what will what'll happen with like Wayne or whatever. And maybe the new owner, Jason, has come in. Maybe the new owner has said, you know, I want to go in a different direction. I'm fed up. Like, I want to do a green sweep. We talked about this in, in our earlier breaking news podcast, which will be later on in the show. So stick around because it's genius conversation yet again. Um, but, you know, maybe they want to start with a clean slate. Maybe they want to sit there and say, we don't want any people of the last regime here. You know, we, we, we talked about how it was a clean slate with players. Maybe we want a managerial clean slate, but yeah, it's just so weird. The timing of it is what hurts and is what's gutting because it leaves Darby kind of in a lurch, like one kind of like when Lampard left, we knew Lampard was going to go to Chelsea. That was the natural connection to make. And he could have bloody left weeks before, but he kept, he kept, dragging it out and dragging it out and dragging it out. And then we got stuck in Florida and they had to fly Philip Kaku and it kind of jacked up the whole preseason and the season. So it very much feels the same way. And I've just read where Liam Rossini is taking training on Monday. So read that into what you will. Obviously Liam is still at the football club. Um, but yeah, I think the timing of it is what is the gutting part of it more than, I mean, managers can be replaced. I'd rather Darby County, Darby County existed for what, 138 years before Dar- Wayne Rooney became manager. And, you know, it will hopefully exist afterward. Um, so you know, he is just he is just one annual um, of managers that that's in this football club. So, yeah, I think just the timing of it, the timing of it is just so incredibly weird and odd for me. And that is what is. That is what's that hit me for six, to use a cricket term, Chris, see, <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's, that, that's what's hit me for six is just like you had you had a thousand ways to, to kind of get out of this deal, dude. But you're, you're coming now on the eve of a new preseason and just going. I don't want to be here anymore. Okay. I mean, Jack, are, are you feeling similar? Are you, are you gutted out? Where, where's your headspace right now? Cause you're, you're the one who told me about the news mate. Cause I was, I was not in front of my computer and I was like, what the hell is this? Where, where are you right now? I mean, first of all, have I ruined your afternoon? Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Um, but, but I mean, it's, it's disappointing because of just yeah, it the shock of it, isn't it? It's the uh, why why is he stuck around for so long and gone now? I've been for the last hour just mulling it over, trying to figure out what what the timing is, as you say. If it's Kirchner stuff, then why didn't he leave last week? Um, you know, it, as you say, days before the new season starts. And the worry now, and what could be gutting, um, is who goes, who stays, who goes. Player-wise, how many of them want to stick around now? How much pull was there? Then again, this you know this might be the bigger news. This will probably get more more national attention. Rooney leaving, but in the grand scheme, Rooney leaving, even if a load of players leave, it doesn't matter as long as the takeover goes through. The club is way more important than the, you know, no one's bigger than the club, basically, to use cliche to sum it up. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's another another key point that Chris mentioned there. We, we were clearly, we were clearly paying 
weighing a, a, a fair amount, you would you would think in wages. I don't know how much the sponsorship deal with 32 Red was covering as a manager. Obviously, we know the deal was there as a star player, de- uh, clause in the contract. Who knows what that was about in his wages? And that kind of money, when when money's at a premium, and certainly in League One, you would have always had to have wondered how that was ever going to continue. But Chris, I want to come in. Where does this where does this leave sort of like Wayne Rooney in terms of, like Corey said, the reports are returned down Blackburn, which you ultimately have to say Blackburn is a more attractive proposition than Derby County at the moment because of the divisions that they're in. Where, where does this leave Wayne? Does he, does he need to go away from football for six months and, and give his head a bit of a wobble because of what's gone on? Um, or, you know, will a bitter pill to swallow be that within the next two to three weeks, Wayne Rooney's announced as a manager somewhere else in the championship mm-hmm. and you start to think mm, maybe them conversations were happening well before we, uh, we would probably like to admit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, he swerved that uh, he swerved that friendly against Leicester anyway, hasn't he? <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely, because yeah. that would have been awkward. But um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I, I don't know. I mean, in fairness, I mean, I, I saw a great tweet somebody put just before I joined on here, where somebody put, "Whoever the next manager is, please can we have a manager who's not bigger than the club?" Because the last, if you look at the last three: uh, Rooney, Koku, Lampard. You know world global football names you know and you know we need we need to just get back to basics man i mean in terms of uh in terms of where rooney goes next i would say stock is probably in good shape um i think he'd probably be yeah ambitious championship lower end prem even or something like that i don't know i mean um i probably don't care either <laughs> so, you know just uh i think the uh as I say, I, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not kind of a, personally, I'm not like a massive like England fan. I, you know, I like watching England in the tournaments, but you know, I'm not one of these guys who like love Rooney before he came here. And you know, certainly, you know, his early days as management, as you alluded to earlier, weren't weren't great, were they? But um, you know, but he did a great job. He gave us great times, and I think most of all, he proved what a, he, he was a great guy, wasn't he? You know, in terms of, um, you know, you can whoever you you know whether you've got Pep as your manager or you've got bloody Sam Allardyce, you can sit on podcasts and argue the pros and cons of your manager all night. But I think what he what he proved beyond doubt was that he's a he's a decent fella with decent morals, and I think you know that gets you you know uh, a long way. And uh, yeah, I, I I just think um, that you know where what we do next is inter- is more interesting to me than what Rooney does next. I think that you know are we going to wait? Because I don't guess, I mean, Rosinia, you would think, would get, be given it for an interim basis because if a new owner is coming in, well, clearly he's going to want to recruit his own man. Now, I'm not saying that's not going to be Liam. Maybe someone was saying Liam and Kurt, perhaps, as a dream team. But, um, the uh, you know, if David Klaus is going to buy the club next week, well, he's obviously going to want to pick the manager, isn't he? Um, or he might be, so here's another plot twist, who's going to be the CEO so David Klaus might be sitting here next to a Gary Cook type guy or a Sam Rush type guy who he's going to plonk straight in as a CEO because I don't think David Klaus is going to be the CEO and then it's on that guy to pick the manager because he's the dude who's got to talk to him every day and have those hard conversations and all of that so so yeah there's a there's a million permutations I think in in, in it but uh, but it is one isn't it good to be talking about football 
you know what I mean? I've just, yeah. this last hour with all this kicking off, one thing I just thought, this is dead good. I'm loving this. Just talking about managers and who, what, where and when and players. And all that. Like, isn't it good to be talking about that in terms, instead of like amortisation and, uh, you know, kind of accounting regulations and transferring money from here, there and all over the place. Just nonsense. So, so yeah, I don't know, mate, but uh, I think what happens at our end is probably, uh, is probably the, the most interesting part of that chat. I'm just glad they didn't say that Wayne Rooney was going to leave imminently on the uh, on the yeah, forty eight hours. Yeah, I, I think that yeah. might have caused a bit of trouble. Yeah, do, but, do you think there'll be a? Uh, I just said to just joke. Sorry, I'll pass it in a sec. But I say it's a countdown now. Picture Rooney playing golf with Kirchner. That'll be yeah, the, that's it. Yeah, that'll be the one. That'll be the He's one probably got to get to a tournament or something like the yeah or something like that, and he'll walk yeah. past the guy and he'll say it'll all come out. Soon. And he'll just walk past. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's it. I mean. I mean, there isn't a great deal more you can say. I mean, normally when a manager decides to walk, it is normally under negative circumstances for for him as a as a person and and his team and his performances. I think I think we can all agree that Wayne Rooney walks out pretty much in the highest of regards at, at Derby. Um, did he? He was never given the tools to. Did he ever really? prove what he could do with something obviously not because as I say he was never really given the opportunity to when you would have thought um that he would have been given the opportunity in league one and I just wonder if there was any part of it that he just thought that was where he was he was going to be he was going to be scrutinized more in league one as Derby's manager than he was going to be last season it was always going to be the if Wayne pulls this off, it's, it's a heroic thing. And he took us, obviously, very, very close. Regardless of the player situation, regardless of the takeover situation, I, I still think Derby County as a name, he would have been in League One. The, the media would have been on him and he would have been scrutinised if Derby hadn't started so well, if if there'd have been a sticky patch. And like you said there, Chris, his stock at the minute is probably not bad at all. It could have easily fluctuated, but it could easily have nosedived very much like uh, like Frank Lampard's kind of been doing yeah. over the last couple of years. So mm. it's, um, for me personally, and I know me and Corey have mentioned it a lot over the years. I mean, it, it's from us all, I think, a, a big thank you to what he what he did. It would have been great to see him given the opportunity to, to do more. These situations happen. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of tweets, you know, Managers of a football club don't last long. The, the club's the club is the club, and it, it will move on. We probably thought that we were in dire straits when Nigel Clough left or Stevie Mack left, and and Frank Lampard, and we'll we'll, we'll come back again, I'm sure. Um, but I want to I want to roll it on and a little bit and go round and Liam Rossini is as we say is is a big is a big name in this. Um, he was absolute favourite to take the Blackpool job not seven days ago. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the reports was, A, he turned it down. B, Blackpool said that they were never speaking to him. I'd, I'd Read into that what you will. There was clearly something. Um, go, I'll, I'll go around the room. I'll start with Corey. Corey, Liam Rossini. I mean, we all we spoke about this and we kind of thought after, after Philip that it was a bit harsh on Liam not getting the job above Rooney. But of course, they they went for that big stardom name. Obviously, Mel's still in charge, as Chris alluded to. It'd be nice to just get back to a bit of a level playing field with that kind of thing. Liam Rossini, is he 
is he one to, you think we could, I mean, I'm sure we could move forward with him, but do you think he would be a decent appointment? I think so. I think Liam knows this football club. We've everything we've read and heard is he's considered one of the brightest young coaches um, in England at the time. Obviously he was um, like you say, from what we understand, like really close to getting the Blackpool job. Um, potentially even I even read one where they offered it to him and he turned it down because of training facility and, and budgets and things like that. I mean, obviously I'd love Neil Critchley, but he's gone to Villa because I think Neil Critchley is a, a very good manager. Um, but I do think Liam were senior. I think League One, while it's a tough division, you're not going to be able to get you're not going to be able to get a star name down in League One. It's going to be very very difficult. So that that obviously takes away some things. So why not give it to Liam Rossenior? Why not let him cut his teeth and give him a couple months? And if it doesn't work, fine, we go in a different direction. But he's been here. He knows the football club. You know, you would assume if the players are loyal to Rooney, they're going to have some sort of loyalty to Liam as well because he's been working really well. And it might be a good opportunity for him because, again, Derby County is a big football club. They're in, the, they're in League One for the first time in, what, 35-odd years or something? Since, certainly since I've been alive. I've never seen him play in the third tier. And so, um, yeah, why not give it to Liam Senior? He knows him. He's going to be taking training. He's a good young coach. He's very good with the media. I know they came out there a couple times when they got steamrolled um, earlier on. You know, they, they let it out to him. But then you have to look at who else. Who else are you going to get? Who else is available that's going to come to Derby in League One with so much uncertainty going by them? Liam's stuck by him. He could have walked out. He could have thrown his toys out the pram when Rooney got the job and said, you know what? Screw this. But he didn't. He sat by. Uh, you know, he's, he's done his he's done his due diligence. Maybe it's time for him to get a, a managerial job. To be honest with you, he's more he's more qualified for a managerial job than Wayne Rooney because he's been an assistant for, for four, what, three years now? You know, since under Kaku. So, He's been an assistant. He's been around the block. He was, I think he was in the England setup at some point for the U21s. Talented young coach. Why not give him the opportunity? It's League One. You can take you can take a bit of a risk on somebody. And like you say, Chris, there, we have to get out of pointing people who are bigger than this football club. This football club is first and foremost, and you work for the football club. The football club doesn't work for you. It's not there to serve your own personal agenda or mm. stepping stone. And I'm fed up with this football club being used as a stepping stone for other people whether they're people who want to buy the football club who have shady business practices on this side of the pond, not naming names, just saying Rafa Nadal and all, or, you know, for, for, for managers that want to go get a big six premier league job. I mean, best of luck to Wayne Rooney. He'll go off and do what he does, but all managers will get fired. Look what happened to Lampard. They got sacked in six, what, six months after taking the Chelsea job. He, they, they, they canned him like, or no, sorry, 18 months after he took the Chelsea job, they canned him because he was there for a season. But um, yeah, why not Liam senior Jack, Liam Rossinier, yay, nay, and who else has had, would you throw in the ring here? Yeah, I mean, Rossinier seems like the obvious choice for continuity, per se. But Let then, me just cut you off, Jack. He, Liam Rossinier would be the logical choice, but this is Derby County where logic just does not exist. But yes, I agree. Yes. Continue. Sorry for interrupting. That's all right. You are, you are absolutely right. I mean, yeah, Rossinier, if, you know, as you say, if he can get Play some, some of the players to stay and stuff. Great. Uh, there's a couple of other names I've seen just scrolling through Twitter before we started this. Um, you you mentioned Lampard before, and I mean I think that's comparisons with his tenure, Rooney's tenure, of debates over results. What he certainly did is unite the fan base towards the end. Got some, you know, you think back to like the the lead tonight, and his someone who was key to that was of course Jody Morris. I've seen his name touted. That would also be a risk. Is it one we want to take? Or do we want to go for someone more established? Someone, you know, League One. We, we joked before we started this, didn't we, about 
going all in for Sean Dyche. I've seen shouts for Warnock. Frankly, I mean, it, it's hard to know. I mean, I think it all depends on on what Klaus wants to do and what his his people, his director of football or equivalent figure, want to do. I think their their style of football, because as we we said in the earlier recording, didn't we? This is a as much of a clean slate as you can get. So whoever comes in has that amount of money that Rooney was on. And yeah, so it's it's just going to be interesting to see who it is and how it goes. I've, I've not really had time to think through options um, as of yet. Oh, that's, I, I, I do agree with you. And I think, obviously, Chris, final point on you and then we'll wrap the pod up. A, a, a man who's who's no disrespect to you. I'm sure you've seen Derby um, down in down in these doldrums before, uh, and we've had these conversations many many times uh, over. Liam Rossinia, as I say, it would be a natural thing. Keep something going. Some of the players might respond to it, or is it a job for somebody who knows the division inside out? They say that about the championship as well. We know that. Is it really time to? We've always said we, the, the, we've as fans, we've always kind of wanted a purge of Derby County over the last couple of years. Get rid of a lot of stuff. There was some really nice stuff last year, Jack. You alluded to it. It's it's an, it's united the fan base again. But with a new ownership, a new direction, a new everything, is it worth going down a completely different avenue, or is it worth Liam's earned his metal at Derby over the last two or three years? Probably been overlooked once or twice. Does he deserve a fair crack of the whip at it? Uh, um, well, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. As I said in the last piece, I think I think he'll get a crack of the whip naturally because unless there's something super dark going on that we don't know, and a new manager rocks up next week um, with you know with Klaus, you know, as in hi, I've now bought the club, and by the way, here's. <laughs> Jody yeah. Morris, for example, and that's an interesting shout, which I've not seen yet, but that's a definite interesting shout. Um, the, um, you know, I think he, I think he's going to get a month or so, and um, you know, he knows the players, he's a good guy, the fans respect him, he's got some, he's got some goodwill in the tank, and I think that helps. So, um, you know, because sure as eggs are eggs, those first few games aren't going to be easy, are they? Oxford yeah. at home is a banana skin, if ever I've seen one, because they're a good team, and. Uh, Barnsley, a Barnsley, we know them. Charting away is horrible. So that that opening run of games, you know, I'm not for a minute saying we should be scared of it, but there's definitely a there's a few nasty ones in there um, where we could come unstuck. So you're going to need that bit of goodwill. So um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if he got appointed this afternoon, I'd, I'd back him. I, I wouldn't be negative about it. I, I don't know. It's just a case of what's out there. I think in terms of kind of what you were saying about knowing the league and knowing the division. A lot of the teams have done well do tend to go now, don't they, for these like young, that Rasinja profile, yeah. you know, these young guys who have been like an elite coach somewhere. So QPR have just took that guy from Villa who Critchley ironically replaced, who's been, you know, an elite coach with Ray, at Rangers with Gerard, and then he's followed him to um, to Villa. And then obviously now he's got his shot at management. And a lot of these guys who are a lot of the teams that, you know, there's two ways to go in league one and league two. You either get some big grizzly bear who's going to like be horrible to everyone and just boot it, chase it and kick your way out of the league. 
or you get one of these like young, modern, forward-thinking coaches, and I think Rossini's in that mode. And you know, I, I don't think it's our way, is it? You know, I don't, I don't think it's our way to kind of get a big grizzly guy who's going to come and you know punt it and boot us and kick us out of the league. We don't really want it, do we? It's not what we're about. So. No. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I won't be opposed to it. But as I say, I think it's just that big of, because again, what we said right at the top of the chat is so odd with the timing, you know, and it, this is Derby, as Corey just said, and, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen next. So I, there's more twists in this story for sure. Uh, no, I would I would fully agree with you. I mean, time is upon us. We are running out vastly. Uh, Chris, absolute pleasure having you on for your insights. Um, appreciate you stepping over to the other side on a podcast. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Um, and hopefully we'll get you on again. Jack, as always. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely great to have you on, Jack. Uh, and Thank I'm going to leave you with uh, one name to end the podcast. Ni- Nigel Clough, part two, anyone? <laughs> who, who knows? We said we was going to do one for the fixture release. We are going to do one about the fixture release, but we've also got Breaking, maybe, breaking news. A um, lot has happened at Derby in the last 12 hours that we decided to get together and, and talk about. I'm joined, as always, by Corey and Jack. How are we doing, guys? Jay, I'm good. I've literally just watched three hours of Love Island uh, over the last couple of days. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. It feels like an eternity because three hours on those shows feels like forever. Good God. But yeah, I'm glad to be talking Derby County because it gives me a break from Love Island, which is making my brain melt out of my ears. And and Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good, yeah. Just um, ready, getting ready to go, really, for the, for the new season. Jack, you're not watching Love Island? No, no. Jason, are you a Love Island guy? No, you know this. I spoke to you yesterday on the phone, and I think... I know, I tried to face tell me when I was watching it. You were I like, oh, I, I think don't want to watch Love Island. Probably shouldn't have done it while you were driving, but maybe. <laughs> on, oh, onto yeah. much more. Onto much more. Yeah, let's actually talk about story. actual Derby County stuff. No one wants to hear about how sad my life is. Well, this is it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were going to do a fixture release and probably b- bamble on for thirty minutes about how Quantuma was still not doing what they've been employed to do. But alas, we have to start with that news, guys, because it has been pretty much announced, and I think it's pretty much nailed on now that. A name, yes, it was in the background to do with the stadium, but certainly not a name that was ever linked with um, an official purchase of the club. Uh, Klaus Development, a building firm, as far as I'm aware, property development in Derby, uh, it has come out today in a statement that the stadium sale has gone through to them. It's been paid for by with uh, with cash, so th- there's no there's no ties there. They have loaned money to the club. Uh, we believe to help with running costs whilst they look to, to put a bid together to buy Derby County and Corey, the, the news was that, that we were a little bit unsure as to how this was going to work. If it was going to be backing up somebody else's bidder, because obviously all the news has been over the last week that Andy Appleby was, was pretty much nailed on for this without it being confirmed. And then all of a sudden in 24 hours, it's all changed. Uh, and uh, Mr. Clowers has decided that no, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on myself. Being a being a massive Derby County fan, Nadal and golf first, of course. If you uh, if you look at his Twitter, that's more important. But um, yeah, follow a big Derby County fan, follows Derby home and away. Local businessman taking on the potentially taking on the club. 
and in the statements that have been released, Corey, he's gotten basically he's got until next Wednesday to to do this deal and be the new owner of Derby County. What's your thoughts? Yeah, definitely for sure. I think I think you read it, and I, I think it it would be exciting. But I know we've been in this situation before. Uh, we've been burned before. I know the Steve Bloomer Washington lads put out something that they've been burned before, so they kind of feel like a human roasted marshmallow. I feel very much the same way. You know, you, you sit here and like it should be exciting and whatever, and you kind of can't believe it, but. I will say that this, for me, this feels different than what it did under um, Chris Kirchner. It did feel, this does feel like this is happening. This does feel like this is coming down the thing. You know, he's purchased the stadium. He's not leasing it to anybody. So basically, yeah, my ground, my rules, I'm going to try to go buy this football club. Um, they know we've given, they, we know that they've given him a loan. So they can start, I think, player trading today. I believe that they can start player trading immediately. So we can get those contract signs just before they start to expire. Uh, as there's rumors floating around, Ravel might be going places. We've obviously already lost you know, Ryan Allsop, or Ryan Allsop, as I like to call him. Um, Malcolm Ebuwewi, which we're going to get onto later, is, is look like he's imminently leaving to Palace. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully the money comes through. We can start player trading. We can get some of the deals done for uh, some of the players um, to come back. Obviously, we don't need to get all of the whole squad back. We do need some different, you know, some different kind of players to. Uh, to be part of this football club, but all in all, all very, very positive and certainly feels a lot different uh, this time. It feels a lot more serious. It feels a lot more. I think the tones just shifted. You can tell in the, in the writing and the statements that uh, this just feels different than uh, under Chris Kirchner, which, you know, hopefully Chris Kirchner's on a golf course somewhere with Tom Lawrence, uh, you know, cause obviously Tom is on vacation with him cause they're now best buds for whatever reason. Um, go figure, whatever whatever, I'm not talking about that fool anymore. Uh, not Tom Lawrence, Chris Kirchman, the, the other guy. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, we'll, uh, you know, this feels, this feels different. This feels like this is going to happen. And, you know, we've been in a situation where we've had a Derby businessman before. Um, but again, this is an individual who's had family money through generations that has built a business up that has had a reputable business for a long time in the city of Derby, not someone who made a flash in the pan app on Candy Crush. Uh, so, you know, this is kind of like old money versus new money. And if, you know, he might not have the wealth of Mel Morris, I've seen that banded about, but they've run a very, very solid company uh, for a very long time in the city of Derby with assets worth over 300 million pounds. So hopefully uh, this deal gets done. Hopefully there's no more flies in the ointments or sticky points. And then, you know, next time we re-engage gents, we'll not only be talking about preseason fixtures, we'll just have to talk about preseason fixtures because we'll have a future of this football club secure, uh, which is the most, most important thing. But yeah, feel for me, feels a lot more serious feels like this is this is finally coming to the crescendo and the end that that it needs to come to um because you know my my thoughts kind of yesterday and the day before because i have a lot of these thoughts while i'm watching love island because i'm bored out of my mind you know is like at what point does somebody say you know what enough is enough we 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 cannot keep giving extensions to, to derby county and you have to think you know we're all passionate derby supporters our listeners are passionate derby supporters so if this was any other club, we'd be sitting there being like, should they be out of business? Like if this was Nottingham Forest, let's just say, right. We'd be sitting there going, man, should have gone out of business by now. Wouldn't you just think like they keep getting these extensions, whatever. So at some point, somebody need to pay the piper. He's come in, he's bought the stadium. He's going to be named preferred bidder. Um, get this deal done. Let's get this over the line. Let's start player trading and start building up to actually talk about matters that things that actually matter in this football club. And that's on the field. Uh, as we have preseason fixtures, Carabao Cup fixtures, league fixtures, and my favorite trophy of them all, the Papa John's Pizza Cup. I am just so absolutely pumped. Because you know what, Jason? You want a pizza me? Jack, what are your thoughts? Not on the Pizza Cup, but on the on the preferred bitter. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the difference here is how quickly it seems to be moving. 
um, you know, the reports from, I think it was Rob Dorset from Sky last night saying that Klaus will be given until next Wednesday. And I think that's kind of the key here. We're now in a position where time is of the essence, of course, as it has been all the way along, but they, people seem to be recognising that. And the, the difference, of course, as well, is Klaus owning the stadium. He holds those cards now, and that puts him in, in control of that because he doesn't have to agree a lease deal with Mike Ashley, for example. He can just put his bid in, and as long as it's acceptable, you'd hope it can go through relatively quickly. Touch wood. Well, these these are the things that went it, Jack. It, you're right. It just some of the information that's been coming out, obviously that we weren't really privy to, and how fast this is going. There has been several reports that have said that this bid is is probably the only one on the table that that satisfies all 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 parties, all factors. So obviously, even the Andy Appleby one, which we said a minute ago, looked like it was gaining quite a bit of momentum. Looked like it was probably was going to be in, but. Even it couldn't, if you believe the reports, even his bid wasn't going to secure absolutely everything, and Derby could have suffered further down the line. Now I know we would have said that at the end of the day, just to make sure that by the thirtieth of July, you know there was a Derby county to support would have been the the main aim. And if there was more points deductions and transfer sanctions, then absolutely fine. How how big of a thing is this, Jack, that potentially this could be that Derby can start afresh, can turn over a new leaf with it's as quick as in seven days' time and put this last two years, two and a half years chapter, you know, firmly into the past and, and look forward? I mean, it's, it can't really be understated, can it? It's, it's key and it's key to get it right and run the club sustainably going forward. In the short term, it means hopefully having a squad that are competitive and not having to do like what Bolton had to do the season when they were, well, the season Berry went bust, wasn't it? They got to play some games, but they had to play under 18s and stuff and they had to delay some games and it essentially condemned them to relegation straight away. So it gives us a chance to play a League One season on a, on a level footing and be hopefully competitive, get the likes of Curtis Davis re-signed and, and move forward, uh, as I say. The key thing is to do that in a sustainable manner. And that's where there's been a lot of talk about Mike Ashley, for example, hasn't there, and how he has more money. What, what's the point in them having more money if you won't pay it, if you won't satisfy the creditors? We need a bit that satisfies the creditors so we can get out of all this and start fresh. Yeah, I think it was one point, Corey, that I discussed with you about, obviously, Andy Appleby. We we know what Andy Appleby's about. We know how he runs a football club and he runs it sustainably. But my point was always, where where did it, where would it go next once he stabilised? I mean, we don't know, obviously, where where the new uh, could, could go with in terms of investment and things like that. But it'd be interesting... Only time will tell, but it'd be interesting to see where where it goes from there. But I've I'm a bit like yourself, Corey. I've got a bit of a, a warm feeling about it. Obviously, we got absolutely blown out of the water a couple of weeks ago when we thought the Kirchner thing was a, was a done deal. And you, there's nothing amazes me anymore with with Derby. Um, my question for you is sort of playing a little bit of devil's advocate, trying to obviously put both sides of the story across. Why now? Why why has Mister Klaus decided that this is the time? with probably a couple of weeks away from Derby being in 
surefire trouble. Why is it now that he's decided, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a piece of that, or is it because he has been doing this deal behind the scenes for the stadium for however many months, and finally, like Jack said, he's got a vital piece of the jigsaw in his possession. He can then basically call. He could potentially just call the shots and go, "That's it, it's me," and because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do a deal with anybody else for the stadium. Yeah. Is it a bit like that? Yeah, I think for me, Jason, and obviously I don't think we'll ever know, you know, what his full motivations are and everything like that. So it's just speculation. But for me, my perspective is why, why now? Because I think when Derby County first come on the market, you always think, Ooh, I can't afford to buy that because you know, it's a lot of money and I don't know if I want to get in there and it's a bit of a mess and then the administration and whatever. But I think if he's a life, if he's a lifelong Derby supporter, which he is, because I mean, even in his official profiles on his, uh, on his uh, Twitter, on his, um, website and everything like that he's got a little wooden ram in the background and things like that the badge so you know he's a Darby County supporter he's been in Darby for a long time his family have a long history lineage in this city so I think maybe he thought you know what maybe they were thinking about it and they thought okay this is going to get done this is going to get done this is going to get done and they they keep having these these false starts and everything like that and he thinks you know what Mike Ashley might come in Appleby might come in but why not us why can't I why can't I do this? Maybe he knew Mel from other business transactions and said, you know what? I just want to do a deal for this stadium. That'll put me in the, and then all of a sudden, you know, if that's the holdup, right. We had hold, we had heard that he was in talks to kind of buy the stadium a while ago. Um, maybe he realizes now that I've bought the stadium, this kind of puts me in pole position here to buy the football club. I mean, for X amount, not as much money, maybe, right. Cause the price is significantly dropped now because we're desperate. Maybe he's seen what the other bids are and they're like, yeah, well, I could come in here, not get 15-point deduction. I can buy the football club, which I love and support. I can own the stadium, which this football club plays in. That's awesome. I'm, I'm reuniting these two aspects of the football club. And I'm doing it at this time because contracts expire, what, at the end of the month? So we've still got another six days. I can come in. I've got a bit of money. We don't need to be – look, we're not spending money on transfer fees. I wouldn't anticipate. Maybe one or two million. Maybe. Maybe one or two million on a player. Maybe. But there's still free agents out there. There's a heck of a lot of free agents. And if you look at the Derby free agents, other than Allsop, not really any, many of them have signed on anywhere else. Obviously, Malcolm Ebbowie's going as well. But they're mostly still available. So maybe he's thinking, I can come in here. I can buy the stadium. That gets that done. I can rent it to whoever else wants to buy it. They don't want to play a ball game. Now I'm in pole position to buy the football club. And with that, I'm buying it now because I can come in, avoid the 15-point deduction, which is which is critical, like Jack said, because that basically essentially relegates. Essentially relegates. Let's just be honest. And I can maybe sign some of the players that want to stick around in League One, uh, and then we can kind of go forward from there. So I think maybe it's it's, it's kind of a perfect storm. Maybe he thought maybe the, I think maybe to sum it up, he thought the deal was out of reach. Then he was realizing Mel was being a silly bugger, so he decided to buy the buy the stadium. And then once he bought the stadium, it was kind of like, I'm in pole position to buy this football club. Heck, I might as well go do that because I'm a lifelong Derby fan. I'm going to own both aspects of this football club for probably peanuts to what it's worth. Put in a nice solid business plan. Yeah, sure. I don't have buckets of money, but I'm willing to not splash the cash, but I'm willing to make it sustainable. You know, we'll invest in smart players here, there, or everywhere. Maybe they get back up to the championship and then maybe your club's worth a little bit more money. I don't know. And then you can start pumping it in and then you know, that, that's probably why. I just think it was a perfect storm. Maybe he th- I think he thought it was out of reach. He buys the stadium, puts it in pole position, and, you know, certainly, in, certainly he's in pole position. Then he's lo- See, 
Now he's loaning money to the club because now he's like, well, if I'm going to be named, he's not going to loan money to the club. He's a shrewd businessman, right? You don't, you don't own a 300 million pound business for being an idiot. Well, somebody did own one that was <laughs> company worth five. I'm not getting into that. I don't want to go down the lawsuit track. Everyone knows where I'm going with that. But maybe he thinks, I'll start loaning the money. I can be a preferred bidder. That helps us with the player trading. That gives us another, you know, three or four days to get contracts under the table while I finish negotiating this bad boy off, tie it off. I own the club. We actually have some actual assets in there that we can actually start playing football because we return to preseason training next week. So I just think it was kind of a perfect storm for him. And, you know, if this comes off and like Jack says, if we avoid the 15 point penalty, that's as massive as any signing we're going to make this summer. Obviously we have to make some signs because we got five senior players and we get murdered if we put the under 18s out. Let's just be honest. You get murdered. Bolton got murdered when they did it and they kind of like made laws so they can't do it again because it, it's not great. It ruins people's careers. But we can actually get some senior pros. We can actually maybe be competitive and, you know, maybe not be promotion candidates, but maybe challenge for mid table or, or maybe the P word, the playoffs and see how we go till January and then, and then see what we need or readjust because this is essentially a football club starting from scratch. We have five players, five players. There's no Deadwood. Like for years, right? You turn on FIFA or you'd be like, Christ, we need to get rid of these players because these are Deadwood players, right? Like, and you just sell them or you try to get rid of them. We've got no Deadwood. We don't, we wish we had Deadwood because then they actually be playing. We've got nobody. This is a, as blank of a canvas as you're ever going to get. So, you know, that's, that's just the way that that's got to go. So I think it's just a perfect time, time for him and everything else. No, I, I agree. And I suppose one thing that we don't know, Jack, is, you know, the the rumours were out there that they were unnamed people who were interested in Derby. I mean, Clowers themselves, um, when the when it got leaked that they might have been the people that were buying the stadium, they categorically denied it straight away. It's, it was nothing to do with them. Obviously, it turns out that there was. We don't know in this situation if, if they were actually a, a legitimate buyer for the club and it was one of these that Quantuma just didn't want to speak to at the time for for whatever whatever reason i suppose we're never going to know the real ins and outs of that but this actually could have been bubbling away this bid could have been bubbling away on you know in the background for for months just waiting for the right time to strike couldn't it it could i mean part of it as well is of course from i don't know much about flowers but from what i've read in the last 24 hours he it seems that he's yeah a shrewd businessman and he's not it doesn't seem like he's somebody who just wants publicity. So I guess maybe that's why they denied the stadium at first, because they only want to go public if they can be confident that something's going to happen. Uh, and I wonder whether that's part of that. The other thing, of course, is just, you know, why, why leak it to the press before an official announcement? We don't know who they phoned. Um, you know, that, was supposedly, um, a, was it the Derby Evening Telegraph, Derby mm. Live? Yeah. Wrong, wrong somebody. We don't know who picked up that phone. That might have been, you know, someone like an intern who has no idea. No, I, I fully agree. And like you say, we've we've seen what somebody who puts himself out there in the public domain, uh, making all these promises, ultimately ended up not being able to to show what he what he'd got to buy the club, so I don't have an issue whatever way. I mean, obviously we we are kind of at the at the end of this anyway. It doesn't, I suppose, it doesn't really matter. Um, final point on this because obviously it is really sort of breaking news, and we don't know too much else. 
are you, are you personally as a fan, Jack, are you comfortable with, with this, what looks like now could well be the new owner of Derby County? Do you, have you got reservations about it? I suppose that you, you could always have reservations about it, but obviously there has been forefront names running with this for the last 12 months. Somebody has, by the looks of it, come out of the woodwork at the last minute. Uh, are you are you confident it's the it's probably the right choice? I mean, to be quite honest with you, I don't really know. I don't know much about the guy. What what I can say and what I what I kept saying about Kirchner with the the positives and negatives that were coming out about him, you don't know what somebody's going to be like as an owner of a football club until they are the owner of a football club, and that was the that was I guess the thing we had some idea of with Ashley and Appleby, um, but. What we can be glad of for now, what we can appreciate is that somebody's coming in, somebody's going to save the club. And if he's a lifelong fan, any lifelong fan who you know has gone through the last nine months isn't going to make the same mistakes Mel Morris did, you would hope, and gamble the future away. Because any lifelong fan who's been through the last nine months doesn't want to be anywhere near this position ever again. No, I, I have to. I have to agree. My my feelings are are pretty much the same. As I said, Appleby's always been one which I thought would be would be good for a certain amount of time. Ashley was always going to be a gamble. We knew which way that would probably go. Yeah, he might have got a bit of success out of Derby, but ultimately he'd be he'd be there to make money, and you know that's that that can be a bit of a knock on on the fans. Um, this one it is intriguing. It'd be interesting to see. I think you're right. I don't think this is necessarily, even though, as, as you, you and Corey have both alluded to, you know, businessman. He, but it doesn't feel like it's a business. It is purchasing it to run it as a business. Of course, it'll have to be sustainable. But I don't think, even like you alluded to there with Mel Morris, I think Mel brought it because he'd got the power to buy it. He'd got the money to buy it. And he, but at the same time, he wanted to run it basically. And I think, I think even in in not so many words, he said he wanted to take Derby up. He saw the opportunity where he could get Derby, spend a little bit of money, hopefully get Derby promoted to the Premier League, and then basically cash out with with a hundred million profit in his back pocket. This kind of deal, we could be completely wrong. We could be sat here if it goes through next week, and in six months' time, we go, oh wow, what a what a mistake this this ended up being. We're not we're not going to know the answers to that, but for me, it feels it feels something about it that just just feels right. And as we say, because we don't know, they've been given till next Wednesday. Tells me that there'll be a podcast at some point next Thursday or Friday, and and uh, you know we may well be talking we may well be talking about a new owner. Um, moving on from that, a couple of other points on this episode. Um, Cora's alluded to it. Jack, you're going to allude to it in a minute. Malcolm Ebioe, it does look like, unfortunately, Derby aren't going to be able to um, hold on to him, as we kind of expected. Obviously, we don't know if there's going to be any room for him to be loaned back, along with uh, Luke Plange. You never know what, what deals are in place. But what, what can you tell us what, from what you know about this deal? And, uh, you know, ultimately, how much of a disappointment is it that we, we might not see him again after what's been a pretty pretty solid four months from him? I mean... It's it's a huge disappointment. He's one of the most exciting young players we've had for a while. He he's you know I, I looked at some numbers and his his dribbling and stuff, as we all know, is really impressive. He's one of those players that gets you up off your seat. And that's me saying that struggling to get up. Um, so 
he's you know it's it's gutting but at the same time you back him to go on and do really well I think if he'd gone to Manchester United there would have been a higher chance of him getting loaned back and I think that's because well for one he'd have had less chance of playing uh, regularly for them um, and he'd probably have been in the under-23s what what I've heard and this has now been reported um so I I think I can say this because it's it's not just from what I heard. Um, but yeah, what I heard at the start of the week was that United were probably going to get him, and probably, you know, you know, the likelihood was they're going to loan him back. That's you know, that's what was predicted. That was the, and that's what's been reported. And then what's happened is they've, I think, Fabrizio Romano said this, didn't he? They've essentially looked uh, at all the targets, prioritised all the targets. Ten Hag's after Frankie De Jong and Anthony and people. So they've um, they've put Ebioe to the back of their list of priorities. He's further down the pile. And Crystal Palace, uh, pardon the pun, they've swooped. And they've, you know, they've taken him back to London. He's, you know, he was in the Arsenal Academy for years. He's playing with Plange. Uh, there was that Instagram story of, of Plange and Ebioe a few months back, wasn't there, that people read a lot into. Um and yeah, it seems the medical's done. They're just waiting for him to sign a five-year contract. It's the reports, isn't it? It's it looks like a done deal. Although Palace do now apparently want to pay us a fee rather than wait to go to tribunal so that we get some money yeah, straight away, don't they? Which yeah. is good of them. That well, and and that was going to be the the bit that I I mentioned. That's obviously what I've read, um, and obviously I know Derby are open to hold out for you know a, a fair bit of money. What that fair bit of money will will entail, you know, uh, really don't know. But it will be sad to see him go. And like I say, you never know if we get a chance to get him back. You you would have to you would have to think with with the pair of them really. Obviously, we've talked about Luke Prince because he, he he did come back to us on loan in January when he signed. For Palace, then, it, you know, you'd probably think a similar fee, a million pounds, maybe a little bit more, something like that. At the minute, I think would help would help Derby tremendously. Um, and are they going to go straight into that Palace side? We know, obviously, they gave Eze a chance when they signed him from QPR, and you know, look at him now; he, he regularly gets into that side. But maybe is it a six month deal till January? You know, something like that. Or does it mean because we're in League One, you know, if we'd have been still a Championship club, would would we have got the opportunity to because they, you know, to keep hold of them for a little bit longer because they've both kind of proven that they can play in the Championship. So it'd be a disappointing one if we never if we never get to see them in a Ram shirt again. I think over the next twelve months, but we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, and the other one now, I don't know how true this is. I saw a rumor uh, on Twitter, and I don't know how solid the source is. Um, there was reports that Jack Stretton might have also be on his way out with Barnsley, apparently interested for around five hundred thousand. I I don't know how much it, how much you can read into that. Would he join a you know Would Derby allow him to join a, a a league rival, especially when he is one of the under contracted players? At five hundred thousand for him for somebody who obviously tried to break into the first team, and injury kind of hit him. Maybe Derby can't turned down 500,000 at the minute but you would think that Jack Stretton dependent on how many signings if everything goes through and how many signings Derby could pull through Jack Jack Stretton would probably find himself right 
in there with a, with a chance of playing for Derby week in, week out, wouldn't he? So do, do you think it, that is probably just a bit of a, a rumour thing on Twitter or do you think you can read much more into that one? Yeah, I thought that as well. And I have, I have no idea um, whether that's at all legitimate. I, I'll be honest, I've never, I don't think I'd seen that account before. I didn't recognise it when it came up. Um, I personally really hope he stays. Because I think, you know, he's a good young striker, was doing really well in the 23s, and then he got injured and got ill as well. I think, did he get COVID at one point, I think? Um, but, yeah, I think he's got potential to, to be a solid player for us. I mean, I mean, the other side of that as well is bias because he's done well for me on Football Manager, but, you know, that's beside the point. Um, I, think, I think, yeah, we need every player we can get, don't we? We also need every bit of money we can get, but that might now be changing. So hopefully we might be able to hold on to it. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, moving it on then, like I say, that for the last uh, five, ten minutes of the podcast, this was main, main, mainly going to just be talking about fixture release day and, and how exciting that normally is and actually how underwhelming it felt seeing the fixtures come out at nine o'clock on Thursday morning and not having Nottingham Forest on there and, and not having and, and not having teams like that and not those fixtures to look forward to. But Jack, there are plenty of fixtures that have come out for Derby. It now is looking like we might actually be able to fulfil those for the for the season. So uh, a, a few moments. Now, I'm no expert on League One. I don't know if you're an expert on League One. We're certainly going to be, in the next couple of weeks, looking at getting somebody onto the podcast who is an expert at League One and knows what Derby, you know, are going to be up against. First of all, obviously, we've got league fixtures announced. We've had the Carabao Cup first round draw. We've had the Papa John's Trophy draw. Um, Mansfield Town pop up in that a couple of times. That'll be uh, that'll be quite tasty. Um, obviously, Papa John's is uh, Mansfield. Is it Grimsby and Manchester City under 23s, which could be yeah. could be smattered with some interesting players. Um, quite possibly, Liam Delap may well be coming back to Derby in that one as well. Um, your thoughts on that one to start off with, Jack? Obviously, it's it's a competition that Derby haven't played in. Uh, well, obviously, we've not been in the third tier since '84. I don't really know if they had the, that kind of a competition going back then. So maybe Derby's first foray into this group stages and things like that. Is it a nice competition to be part of, or is it a little bit like the League Cup, where it's just a hindrance when you've got another forty-six fixtures, you know, <coughs> league fixtures? I mean, I think it'd be nice to try and go far because it's another opportunity to get a trip to Wembley. But I think in our situation, with not that many players, we could, at the moment, if we, you know, if we just about managed to get a squad together, we could probably do without it. That being said, Mansfield, as you say, really tasty tie. Grimsby, yeah, that's, a, you know, another interesting one. And Man City, I mean, that. I think that's probably one of the more difficult under-21s teams we could have got from what I've, from what I've seen. I mean, the big the big subplot there is, of course, the return of Gillap. Um, so that'll be that'll be exciting to see to see how he goes. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I do want us to try and do something, but in our situation, it's a, it's a luxury, isn't it? Top runs are a luxury right now. I must admit that was kind of my feeling on it. It was, if you've got an under 23s and an under 18 side, not necessarily that you'd put all the kids out in that competition, but you would have been able to integrate one or two of them. 
um, it would have probably been a, a, a worthwhile exercise. But like you say, because the majority of those players now have either left or are the first team, um, it'd be interesting to see how many signings we can bring in. And like I said, I don't think we are going to have the luxury of squad players as such next season uh, to start off with at least, which you know would have given them a little bit of game time and things like that. I think the squad that we're going to put together or the squad that is is pretty much going to be the match day 18 every week, isn't it? So uh, especially with, obviously, I think it's five subs have been announced. So for next season that you can make five substitutes. So that, that does pretty much tie up what you would expect Derby's main squad to be. But like you say, not the first time we're going to be playing Mansfield in that competition. We've also got them in the first round of the Carabao Cup away. Um, again, it's it's another one of them, which <clears throat> I think it's it's quite an action-packed August, isn't it? When we're going to go through a few of the fixtures in a minute. I think it's six or eight games in August, uh, which is, again, if Derby's squad numbers are, are quite small, that's going to uh, that's going to impact them. But, you know, a tie against a local rival, obviously the return of Nigel Clough, for the first time, it will be the first time. Obviously, we'll play them in the Johnston uh, in the uh, in the trophy later on. Um, one of them that I suppose, as you say, you know, cash is king. Derby won a bit of money as well. Winning in the cup brings in that little bit of money. Nice local derby, not too far to travel in midweek. Probably suits Derby as a first rounder, Jack. If you know, if you was gonna if you was gonna ask for something, that that's probably what you'd want. And obviously, it's going to be a difficult game, but. Uh, an, an option to to get through to that second round, and then of course you never know who you're going to draw. So, uh, ju- just just your thoughts on the uh, Carabao Cup first round draw? Yeah, I mean it's the the whole Nigel Clough thing is is very interesting. I, I mean I was a little bit disappointed they didn't go up for that very reason. So you know because there's the content around that as well is going to be it's going to be good. that's going to be fairly easy. You know, return of Clough that we're all we're all going to end up doing, aren't we? Let's face it. Every everyone covering Derby, but yeah, as you say, even things like it not being too far for the for the club, that's great. That's less costs, and yeah, try and get through for the fans as well. Uh, a little away day, but again, not too far. It's a more accessible away day, isn't it? For people, it's yeah, it's what we want. It's a it's a good tie against the local team. Yeah, exactly what we want. So then before we spend the last five minutes just looking through some of the tasty fixtures, uh, some that have been announced. Sort of out the blue last earlier on this week, Jack is obviously Derby's pre-season schedule that we know of at this moment in time. Don't we? Don't know if it's going to um, if it's going to be added to, but but a couple of a couple of interesting ones. And <clears throat> as always with pre-season, it's what you want. It, th- there's going to be some tests there. Uh, just looking at it now, Bradford, Bradford away, Hurt of Berlin coming to Derby, Stevenage away, and then almost that showpiece before the start of the season. Uh, not too dissimilar to a couple of years ago. Leicester City rolling into town. Nice local derby as well. Um, I, th- I don't read too much into pre-season in terms of results, Jack. I really don't. But, you know, they're, they're going to be physical games. It, it's games that are going to get derby used to the style of football in, you know, Bradford and Stevenage. And then you've got that, those couple of glamour ties at home there against Berlin and um, and Leicester. Not not the world's worst uh, preseason. If of course we've got eleven players that we can actually uh, we can actually put out there when when it starts in what two weeks time. Yeah, it's good. It's a good blend, isn't it? So we've got, as you say, the, the lower league physical uh, kind of games, and they're kind of you know lead two is you know some of our players haven't even played that high that we'll have to play this season. 
So that's that's good to, to get those. And then Hertha Berlin, yeah, big big club coming into town. And Leicester, yeah, another one, local derby. Um, that's I mean that's going to be a Leicester eleven, isn't it? They're playing Preston on the same day. Um, hopefully Jamie Vardy as well. That's that's been something that's a lot's been made of, of course. Rudy versus Vardy. That's the other the other element there. It's just it's just getting some fitness and getting a run out. As you say, can't read too much into fixtures and results in pre-season. If, and that's especially the case this year, because whatever happens, happens, as long as we can play the season. Great. Well, that's it. No, I fully agree. So, Jack, final thing to talk about, into the main fixtures. As I said a minute ago, got released Thursday morning. I'm 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 always a big one for fixture release day. Love it. But as I say, I, I was slightly, slightly underwhelmed a little bit. Obviously, we're used to uh, seeing certain fixtures and, and certain teams on that list. But it is what it is. We know where we are for the next season. Fingers crossed. Um, but let's let's have a look at some some key ones. Probably, <clears throat> certainly, I always think a curtain raiser at home is is always one that that fans want. Oxford United, obviously, a, a team that was in and around, you know, mid mid table pushing for the playoffs in League One. So, okay, they probably are sterner tests that Derby will come up against, but not not a bad one to kick off. And I'd like to say, I think the first game at home is always a, always a bit of a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you say, it, there are easier teams, there are harder teams. They, you know, if they make some good additions before, before the first game, they could certainly be a threat. But, I mean, the big thing is, as you say, first game at home, especially if we can get all of this sorted. Can you imagine the atmosphere? First league game of the season, everything sorted. We have a club and we're going to play a season with a squad. This all sounds so basic, but it's a situation, isn't it? Um, you know, it's going to be electric, isn't it? It's just with relief as much as anything. And then yeah. we've got we've got the two bursting games, of course, as well. That'll be... Those will be interesting. One of those, apparently, on the same uh, weekend as the World Cup quarterfinals. That's not ideal if England get there, but... You know, I know which one I'd be watching. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, as you see, obviously, first away trip, uh, quite a difficult one, really. Charlton. Um, oh, it is, yeah. And then you know, rolling in. In fact, Derby's first few fixtures, not not too. You know, they're quite tasty. As you say, you you then roll into the first round of the cup. Um, Barnsley, who obviously will be one of the league favourites, we know all about Barnsley again at home. First two home games, great opportunity for for Derby to to get on the road um, with a, a a couple more away trips squeezed in there in what looks a, a busy busy August, um, and then obviously the, the, probably one of the first ones that I look at of note, um, you've got Lincoln away, which is obviously going to be a, a, a local Derby. The Wickham at home game in September, that's obviously one that's going to. Uh, be be an interesting one for the fans. See if see if they've forgotten Port Vale, uh, obviously at home in in October, local derby. Yeah. Um, trip to Portsmouth before the year's out. Obviously, like you said, trip to Burton um, as well. Sheffield Wednesday at home in December. Um, we do play Forest in December, but of course that'll be that'll be Forest Green. Um, one obviously the other big big fixtures that you look for 
Christmas, the the the, uh, the Christmas period, bolting away, Jack. Um, it's it, I, I love an, I like to be at home on on Boxing Day as well, but actually in a way an away day on on Boxing Day when it's when it's a good one, bolting away. Not not a bad shout that one, is it? No, it's a, it's an interesting tie. They're a they're a decent team. They've not had the easiest ride the last few years either as well. So so that'll be interesting in terms of the the atmosphere, how they're doing. Hopefully, for their sake, they can kick on this season and kind of fully recover from where they were. Yeah, it's a it's a good little trip, isn't it? Just northwest. It's not it's not too far, is it? That's that's always key around Christmas as well. The, yeah. the journey could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously just looking in there, you've got Cambridge at home and um, Accrington at home on New Year's Day. Always nice to be at home on New Year's Day as well. Um, I'm sure by the looks of it, you look at those fixtures, um, if Derby get as far, because obviously Derby will enter the FA Cup in the first round. If Derby do get as far as the third round, some of these fixtures are going to end up being being moved around a little bit. And then you move into next next year and the games, as as expected, do come thick and fast. Um and you look towards the end, and who knows? We we might be heading into April, really, you know, looking like we we might achieve something. Um, and it's it's a it's a pretty pretty tasty end to to the season if it means something. Um, in, in April, you've got Ipswich at home, Forest Green away, MK Dons at home, Bristol Rovers away, Exeter away, and then the last three games: Burton at home, Portsmouth at home, and Hillsborough to wrap up the season. Jack, I mean. If if Derby are on a bit of a roll and and they need something at those uh, at those last three games, they're probably three three of the toughest games. One of your local rivals and, and two heavy hitters in League One. That's who, who also could be promotion chasing if Derby are in and around there. That's going to be quite a tasty end to the season. I know I don't want to look too far ahead, but that could well be a tasty end to the season. And obviously a reacquaintance with Sheffield Wednesday on on the last game of uh, last game of the season as it was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a, it's a tough run in, but yeah, some, some very big games. Of course, as well, as you get towards the end of the season, you do get a few League One games on, on TV and things, especially with those being big games. So that could be good for people who can't get to matches, which is always, always nice as well. Sheffield Wednesday on the final day, we're just going to hope that isn't a relegation battle again. Um, I'd rather t- take we- a promotion battle, Jack. I'll take a promotion battle, not a relegation one. Yes, exactly. The other one that we've kind of glossed over a bit, and we post them at the end of August, is Peterborough. I mean, if if there's as much late drama as there was in the games last season, those could be good games as well. Yeah, no, I agree. There's going to be... You look through it, and no disrespects, obviously, we've not been at that level. You would presume most most times when you come down that you're going to be one of the favourites. Obviously, Derby are kind of starting with a new chapter. There are some real interesting interesting fixtures when you look at them there's some that are going to be really fun uh, something that I know I mentioned a couple of weeks ago it's quite a I mean yes you've got a couple of long trips Plymouth Exeter of course Forest Green um, and, and Charlton but then hell of a lot of the sides they are quite local you know you know what I mean you, you've not got the five six hundred mile round trips week in week out on away games and things like that it, it's quite a, a neatly compacted league and I've got a feeling it's going to be quite a quite a competitive league and let's just hope that Derby can get themselves in a position before that kickoff date of 30th, 30th of July. So what, five weeks time. Um, 
that Derby can actually be competitive going into that going into that first fixture. And then, of course, as as the season up and runs, you'll forget about everything else that's gone on, and it will just be focus on football, focus on the league table, focus on three points, won't it, Jack? Yes, that's the key. It's going to be lovely whenever we can get to the point where we can just focus on the football again. When we, when I can see a tweet from Kieran Maguire and think, "Oh, that's interesting," rather than, "Oh no, what now?" Yeah, you know, it's that's been the last couple of years, hasn't it? Oh, hasn't it just? Hasn't it just? Well, what a way to end the pod. I mean, yeah, it's this time we could be sat here this time next week with new owners and and everything looking forward. And of course, if that is the case, we will be back next week if any announcement for an episode. If not, we'll wait another week before pre-season starts and, and we'll we'll look into a little bit more depth about that and see how the squad starts to shape up and see if any we get any new arrivals. I think the uh, the close season for the podcast is is practically over now. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be full on, um, and of course, other things in the background with the YouTube as well. It's going to be hopefully starting very soon. Jack, as always, thanks for joining us, mate. It's been a pleasure, and we'll catch up with you on the next one. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to the season. Hopefully, doing a fair few bits with you guys. That'll be that'll be good. I've got. And if I could just do a little plug quickly. Um, uh, what is it? Week on is it week on Wednesday? Yeah, week on Wednesday, women's Euro starts. I'm gonna be doing uh, brief kind of daily updates. There's a couple of games every day, so I'll just do some brief summaries with some little like score graphics and stuff, which I'll put up on Instagram and probably on Twitter as well. So if you, it's all on telly, I think. But if you want a quick snapshot of that, I'll I'll have that as well. It's doing doing the Derby stuff with you guys. That's the next project. Yeah, and obviously, as always, we will support all your stuff. We'll tweet it out as well. Um, and yeah, looking forward looking forward to watching the women's, actually getting back into a bit of football. Um, be, be nice. Um, I think it's quite to Corey, who had to leave us a little bit short uh, earlier, but uh, he'll be back on the next one. And until next time, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review One, on Facebook, Rams Review Podcast. Drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. And until next time, up the Rams. <laughs>